steal my boyfriend, taste my steal. My name is Matthew Kroll. And if I peed my pants, would you pretend that they just got wet from the rain? My name is Shahir Dowd. And you punch the highlights out of her hair? You punch the highlights out of her hair? I'm Jessica Tucker. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film that I cannot stress enough, the review of which you are about to hear is 10 years in the making, Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Ah, the world. Now, Matt, we, we, we got to get this out of the mm. way right up front and center. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, of all time? This is top five. This is top this, five. This is in the top five, This is right? in the top five. I, I feel like as long as I've known you, that whenever we talk about our favorite movies, this is the one. Scott Pilgrim is the one I... I, I it, 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 all of the... All of the um, the, the the spirals of the of the various diagrams that you can do. Scott Pilgrim fills the most of them. Wow. Both for artistic value, rewatchability, uh deeper meaning behind it, visuals, audio, music, the whole shebang. Uh now everybody, I I, I am the fanboy here. I understand that. I know this film has problems and we're going to discuss them. Um, but that does not change the how much I heckin' love this movie. Um, I, I felt I saw Jis Tucker's mouth kind of agape there slightly when you said it was your favorite film. So I'm really curious what you think of this movie. Top three. Top three. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be interesting. Because we don't so normally fight. <laughs> no, and, but now we're going to. Oh, my goodness. So here's, here's the fun thing. Uh Shahir, you and I have talked about Scott Pilgrim uh, uh, quite a bit, honestly, a couple times on this show. I, have we really? I feel like we haven't. I, I feel like I've, I've, we've talked about it in the way that I go, I, that I know that it is one of your favorite films, but I don't feel like we've actually talked about this. I movie. feel like we have. Look, we've been doing this for five years. I guarantee you we've brought up Scott <laughs> Pilgrim and made points based off of it in some episodes. But Jess. Yeah. First of all, welcome back to the show, like nine minutes into the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's always lovely to have you. How are you doing out in uh, out in L.A. town? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm, you know, just trying to survive the heat wave that we're in, but all is well. Um, you know, quarantine, I think that we're all just like getting used to it still, like getting used to it in new levels. But Air quotes. <laughs> Air used quotes. to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good, feeling good. I will say right up front that just like as an overall disclaimer, I feel like I have been a testy girl with my media consumption just in general. Okay. I, well, actually, that was going to I had a question about that, but like, continue. Yeah, I feel like I mean, across the board, I, it's, I think that it started out just like with like Instagram, social media. I just like as soon as like we went into lockdown, I did like a massive purge. I like unfollowed like all these celebrities, influencers, all, all influencers, all this stuff. And then um, I'm having trouble following through watching TV shows and movies. I'm just like okay. I've been a big bailer recently, and Interesting. I mm -hmm. I just and I'm not feeling testy in any other like area of my life, but in terms of like TV, movies, media consumption. I just have had a hard time like being satisfied. What have you what have you bailed on recently? Yeah. Like, what's ooh, what's some yeah. of the shows that you started that you bailed on? I mean, I've bailed on there's been so, so, so many. I feel like the one that I got the furthest into that I bailed was like was I was pretty deep was Ozark. Like I got 
like mm. season two and a half. And I everyone said yeah. that season three was great, so I was trying to get there, and I just couldn't do it. It just, I just like I got it was just so bored. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but are they on the boat now? Have they got the boat <laughs> casino? Is that what's happening? Maybe she didn't get there. I didn't. You didn't get to the boat casino. I don't. So I mean, it's spoilers. She here. I mean, I was doing. Well, yeah. Here's here's also the problem is I've been doing a lot of like phone time while I'm watching. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't I think I got there, but I also like maybe got there and just like wasn't paying attention. I think it's easy. Like right now, we're we're wanting to be distracted. For me, the 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 thing I'm tasty about is books. I'm starting to like be. I, I used to be like a real. Uh, I've got to. I got to give a book a benefit of the doubt and start. You know, go from beginning to mm-hmm. end, even if I'm not enjoying it. And now I'm start. I'm getting to that stage now where I'm like, no. If I'm not enjoying this within the first twenty, thirty pages, I'm not going to keep going yeah. with this. I mean, I guess you know, that's... like I'm just. I'm yeah. But but you before prior to quarantine, I was very like. Adamant, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start reading another book until I finish mm-hmm. this one. Interesting. Uh, even if you weren't enjoying it, yeah. Even if I wasn't enjoying it, no. And and, and this is beyond academic studies. This is this is leisure reading. Yeah. This is leisure reading. I I was just like, if I'm not if I'm not enjoying this right now, I'm gonna keep going with it. I'm gonna. I I I, I feel for me personally, I always think that the pl- there's a, there's, a, there's a distinct pleasure in finishing a book. Yeah. Sure. More than yeah. anything. All right. Like to me, there's a, there's a thing about finishing a book that's important to me. One one thing I just want to note is you're you're taking your leisure time, your fun time, <laughs> and actively not having fun. You're turning it into work, which might suggest <laughs> that you you may have a, a interesting relationship with the concept of fun. I've never brought that up on this show before, <laughs> and I just wanted to throw it out there. I want you to read books you like, and I'm glad, Shahir. I'm glad you're stopping now. I think it's better. Find books you like. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah. Now that you say that, okay. though, I I think that I'm not necessarily stopping them, but I'm reading several at the same time. It's just more of like, yeah, today yeah. I'm not in the mood for this one, so I'm going to read this one. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. And and I think what I'm just looking for now is I'm looking for books that really hook me, mm-hmm. you know, like that I, that I can't put down. Yeah. And those are surprisingly hard to find because not because of the books themselves, but because we're so easily distracted. Yeah. And I and, and I, my theory about this is, mm. is you know, like since uh, smartphones are around and take up so much time in our lives, you know, there's this thing that we don't read as much anymore. I, I actually think we read more than we used mm-hmm. to. The problem is the things that we're reading are more dynamic. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, you can either choose something that's static, like a book that's printed and that doesn't change, or you can choose to re- read, you know, articles on the internet or whatever that's dynamic and constantly changing. Yeah. And I think our brains are kind of primed to enjoy the dynamic more than we are the static. Yeah. Or at least get the dopamine hit of the dynamic so you feel like you're up in the, on what's going on. I don't, I don't know if I am actively enjoying phone time anymore. Ooh. It's a No, no, I feel bad about it. Yeah. A, I'm always like... It's a thing I do, and, and I and I'm and I'm doing much more phone time than I used to, and it's like it's becoming like a weird crutch. Like I, I if I leave the room and I don't have my phone with me, I'm like, oh shit, and I got to go back and get it, yeah. kind of yeah. thing. And then like, I just it's getting icky, is all yeah. I'm saying. It's getting very it icky. Is. It's all it, a lot. A lot feels icky. Has there been anything just that you really have liked? Like, is there anything that you've watched during quarantine that really has uh, been a brightener on your day? Um, I am actually watching The Good Place and and I'm enjoying that. And I don't normally like 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 comedy shows. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. more of like a drama drama girl. Yeah. Um. And 
that is nice. I mean, the episodes are like 20 minutes. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I've just, it's a fun it's watch. It's a fun watch. Um, yeah. And I watched The Great on Hulu. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Great? The, the Great. Oh, The Great. The Great. The great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I watched... The Rush... Uh, yeah. I watched Normal People on Hulu also, and I mm-hmm. like that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've quit. Like, I tried... Normally, like, my go-to is, like, I like, like, the fantasy stuff. I like drama. I tried Merlin. I tried Sherlock. I tried, um, oh, I did watch Curse on Netflix, but I kind of hate-watched it. Like, I didn't really like it. <laughs> it didn't look great. Yeah. Um, did you watch Witcher, I, by chance? I did watch Witcher, and I really liked Witcher. But that yeah, was Witcher be- was enjoyable. That was before my testy period. Ah, now, now all the gloves now, are off. Gloves are off. <laughs> Which, I've... knowing you, Jess Tucker, brings me into a dangerous situation to talk about one of my favorite films. Jess, you, and I know we're not going. We have one email, I believe, here, but I just want to preface this entire thing before we before we do the preamble to the amble to the to the movie. Yeah, Jess, this is one of your famous first watches of a film that you'll be discussing. Yeah, ten years in, I never saw anything, and I didn't. I didn't Google anything or look anything up before I watched it too, so I watched it pure. Yeah. Okay. I, you're believe me. You're not one of the. You're not the only person who hasn't seen no. this film after ten years. This is not a uh, not what you would call a successful film no. financially uh, at the box office. Um, a, a cult classic is what they would say, though. Uh, for a classic in my own heart. <laughs> I saw a headline because I did Google it after, and it was uh, it said a box office bomb. <laughs> fair enough well we have uh, a, an email to go back to from our black is king episode which i'm really happy to read from uh this is from anika uh please by the way email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter at onlymoviepod if you want to get in touch with us about any previous reviews or discussions that we've had or anything you just want to talk about while you're in quarantine hate watching things uh, <laughs> but Anika did not hate watch Black is King, and, uh, but she had this to say about it. To my surprise, I found that the expectation of narrative impacted my enjoyment of the film. I was surprised to hear Matt say that he felt that the narrative of Black is King was more clear than that of Lemonade. I definitely felt the opposite. Mm. As I watched the film, I was in awe of the beautiful costumes, the stunning visuals, the incredible representation, but I was left feeling like something was missing. I felt that if I'd went in with the, without the expectation of clear narrative, that I would have been spending my time trying to fit the pieces together into the mold of the Lion King narrative. Mm. After I finished the film, I was disappointed. While thinking perhaps that I needed time with the content and reckoning with the fact that while I didn't enjoy it completely in the way I wanted, that I could simultaneously appreciate it for its beauty and the risk it took. After listening to your podcast, I really began to appreciate it for uh, more of the celebration of black excellence and its exploration of Afrofuturism as Shahir discussed. The connection uh, that was made to Bell Hook's writings and the importance of black folks being able to take up space and be defiant to the oppressive systems that be through the look is so powerful. I am now interested in revisiting with a new lens. Thank you for reading this full essay. I look forward to listening to more uh, more episodes. I have many of your podcasts that I need to get to, plus movies I need to watch before listening. Hope you're both doing well in quarantine. Best, Anika. Oh, thank you so oh. much. Uh, we've chatted. I, I'm trying to remember where she and I have chatted about uh, movie stuff before. It might have been Instagram. It might have been Twitter. Um, but it's great that you're still listening. Thank you so much for for listening. And 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 Shahir, did we do it? We did a good thing. We we did a good thing. Different. I think we do good things we, on occasion. We. That's very <laughs> nice. That's good to hear. Thank you for writing in. And please again write us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or Twitter onlymoviepod. I hope you have some opinions on Scott Pilgrim audience. Um, and oh, finally, one other thing. 
Uh, we have one more, one more Blu-ray of The King of Staten Island to give away. That is correct. Only four of you could answer correctly. to correctly answer the question, yeah, which was, Jess, one. you'll get a kick out of this. What show did Pete Davidson and I both work on? Hey. Um, I know now, it. Can now, I get a Blu-ray? I mean, if you, if you, 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 can... you know what, to, 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 to make it a little bit easier on the audience to get this one last one, why don't you give us uh, the first letters of the two words? GC. Me. There you go. GC. Look up GC, Matthew Kroll, Pete Davidson. See what that gets you. See what you that gets you. Or just uh, look up Matt Kroll, Matt, Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the IMDb page comes up. Look, there's ways to do it, but it's hard. <laughs> So we have one more. Please email us in with the correct answer in the continental U.S. or full U.S. You hear? I don't remember. Uh, continental U.S. Okay. Why not? Let's just narrow it down. Continental I don't know. Continental U.S. What is the difference between the continental and the full U.S.? Tell me. Uh, Alaska and Hawaii. And, and Hawaii. Even though Alaska's on the same continent. Listen, this is not a geography podcast. I'm not going to get into it because I'll be wrong. Um, okay. I think Hawaii can enter. Hawaii can shoot. Oh, then Alaska can so, enter. So, so, yeah, so Alaska can. Okay, so the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. Uh, right, get a free, get but a free. I, but you know what? You know what I haven't got is I haven't got an entrance from Staten Island yet, and that's what I really yeah. want. Oh, does yeah. anyone listen from Staten Island? You know they do. Yeah, I'm sure. You don't even have. Do to... they have radio in Staten Island? Yes, have, I don't know. Yes. Do they have the internet out there? I'm not sure. Okay, these are just questions. I've driven through it twice. It I know these things. <laughs> okay, well. We're not talking about Staten Island. We're going to be magically whisked away to the um, the Great White North, the snowy fields of Toronto, Canada, um, for Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, holy! Can you tell us what it's about? Holy Matt? crap! I, I know you're excited. I know you're excited. I will read the IMDb movie description first. Please, I do. think that's a good way to do it. Ahem. Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. Fair, I, fair I guess. That's it? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. literally it. Okay. Um, Matt, I feel like you have the most at stake in this conversation. What do you mean so at I stake? I have, should... Listen, I'm more comfortable with my love for Scott Pilgrim than most all other aspects of my life. You two could, you two could spend the next hour just shitting all over this thing, and it would not phase me. Oh, that's, um, that's good. I mean, not, I not, that, not that I plan on it, but like that's like a good feeling to have towards something you love. I, there are so there are so few things that I am this confident about in in the in the cinematic value and the artistic merit of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Again, it is not a perfect film by any means of the imagination, uh, but it's the one that I've found I can go back to the most and still glean something else. And honestly. You know, 10-year anniversary, that's why we're doing this. Uh, in fact, I just recently watched the cast got back together for a, um, a Water for the World charity, I believe, uh, and they did a, a script reading over Zoom, and they did the whole script, and it was it was kind of delightful. If you're into this movie, please check that out. It's on YouTube. I think Entertainment Weekly put it on. Um, but, yeah, so I, I found in the 10 years that this has existed, I've gone through sort of two or three iterations of, like, how I feel about it. Not that my uh, enjoyment of it has uh, changed. Uh, in fact, I would argue that it's gotten greater. But the uh, sort of meaning behind it and how I sort of discuss it has has shifted, I think, as I have aged over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there was, there was a um, – I got to find the quote. Uh, oh, a Comics Alliance – uh, put it actually quite nicely about sort of where I've landed 
right now is what I feel like this movie is about. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into a lot of the other stuff before, but I think this is a nice little starting point because it, it nails one key word, I think, is one of the linchpins of this film. Uh, they wrote, uh, back in the day, they wrote, Scott Pilgrim is a story about nostalgia, about the emotional undertow of the past and its power to frame and fetter the way we see the world. And which brought me back to, again, how I've experienced this over the, over the course of years. I feel like, uh, and, and we can get as personal or as not personal as we want to, uh, Jess here. But I feel mm-hmm. like there are different tropes of, uh, of people that one can date in Scott Pilgrim. I, I don't mean people. I mean, I mean uh, sort of uh, who these characters represent. And I've looked back in my life to see like, oh, who's my, who would be in the Ramona place? Who would be in the Knives place? Who would be in the Envy place? Uh, if I were to be the quintessential uh, not hero Scott Pilgrim. Um, so uh, do you, can you, did you ever get any inklings while you were watching this of like looking back at your own life and just sort of even seeing like, oh, well, this relationship, this person screwed me over, but I could have been better here, but like, or this, that, and the other thing. I I couldn't latch on to to anything enough to place myself in this movie. <laughs> I I placed myself in one moment and it wasn't even anything to do with like like a relating relating a character to someone in my life. There was sure. just one moment <laughs> that I no, felt no. Okay, well, we can get to that too. But what I'm sort oh, of no, saying, no, no. I want to hear what it is. This is yeah. a larger. We're getting personal. If you want to say it now, you can. I'm sort of talking about like not like oh, you know, this particular character. I'm talking about the person you've wanted to date but couldn't for whatever reason. I'm talking about the person that you're dating but you're like kind of out of it already, and you're just like it's not. You're doing that thing where you're sort of still in the relationship, and you're just sort of like this is this was over six months ago, or the person that you have dated broken up with and they have gotten incredibly successful and it's not that you kind of want to be with them but they just sort of they you had a bad go or like there's just something different there i just see different things like that relating to my life not like a individual of these characters that's what i was oh. going for but i but i but but jess i'm still curious what this one moment is yeah we can go there well, if you like was, no it's not that it's not that it felt like a a moment very personal to me there was just like one moment that i felt was like a relatable moment in general that like brought this down to like a a human level for me do you want me to say what that okay. is yeah yeah i mean yeah, spoilers i guess all the way it's been 10 years yeah, if yeah, you haven't seen this rock and roll it yeah. was it was the juxtaposition of him being overly confident like with his hands tied behind his back eyes closed telling knives the reason like like the the how pac-man got his name and then oh, he, he tells Ramona that. No, he tells them both. Or no, he, do, he, he does tells tell Knives, knives well. overly yeah. confident, yeah, yeah, right. spits it out like yeah. it's hardcore facts, like it's poetry, and then turns around and tries to use the same <laughs> finesse on Ramona. And you watch him like, <laughs> you watch it like fall apart. And it's so well done and it's so well executed by Michael Sarah that you see exactly what he's trying to do. Like he's trying to bring that bravado into this new situation where his, it's like his, expectations aren't up to speed with his desires and he fumbles and that to me was just like a very real like that that's like that happens in like the first 30 minutes and like you also completely understand like how he is relating to knives versus how he is relating to ramona and it sets it up really good right there yeah okay yeah yeah i can see that moment 
Uh, Sh- Sheer, what about you? Do you have do you have any people in your life uh, that you care to talk that about? No one wants to talk about the their own stuff. <laughs> Uh, that resemble any of the characters in Scott Pilgrim? Not the characters, the 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 no, but uh, the archetype char- the, character in your life, in the the one that uh, you were pining for and you could never get, the one you knew you should get out of. And again, you don't have to tell me names. I'm just curious if those are relatable aspects of of dating and relationships to you. I I really have to be honest here, and I I think I'm glad Jess said it the first the first time. I didn't see anything of my life in this movie. No, no, okay. No, and I did. I, I like. I didn't see any of the archetypes of of. The, I I see can see that these are archetypes that exist. But yeah. in my life personally, um, I can't. I, I can't think of anyone that is a, uh, uh, um, uh, a Ramona or a Nye. Well, you've never a, you've never been in a relationship with somebody, but like knew it was over, but like hung on too long. That's never happened to you. I mean, you're You've a damn had- good person if that's never happened to you. I, I just I- <laughs> the rela- I, I would say in my lifetime, the relationships have ended at the kind of the time that they're going to end. All right. You well, know, then like, you're winning. I, <laughs> um, I, you know, like I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't been in a lot of long-term relationships. You know, like but the ones I've been in have you know ended when they were going to end. All right. <laughs> well, look at we got some two emotionally healthy people here. Well, that's <laughs> nice. I live alone with a cat. Um. <laughs> The cat, the cat came up behind you on cue. <laughs> Zoe just joined. You'll probably hear her in a minute. Tell us why you love this movie, Matt. Uh, okay, well, I think without being defensive, I'm just I just want to know why you love no, it. I'm, I'm going to change my uh, mind, kind of. Uh, well, I don't think I will because I think that um, this is a film. Well, okay, there's there's two definite parts to it. One part has changed drastically, and the other one has not. The one that has not, I think, is the technical acumen in which this film is shot. The, the, uh, this is Edgar Wright's brain mixed with Brian Lee O'Malley's uh, words, uh, along with uh, additional people, of course. But it is um, it is a, a fighting movie or a video games movie answer to a musical, and mm-hmm. the way that they present that both visually and audibly, uh, especially the sound mixing, weirdly enough, um, just makes this a world that my brain instantly leeches into. And I understand that that is also uh, from uh, various uh, aesthetics and styles that I like in other mediums, video games, comic books, etc. Um, however, the way that they turn this and the and the look and the feel of of consistent movement and hard stops in a lot of different ways uh, has always just been a delight it's it's the equivalent i would say of for me of a cinematic water slide like never does it never does it hiccup for me it literally moves so smooth everything from moving between frames which they do in a bit of a comic book way to um even when some of my favorite moments are the transitional moments when scott is not thinking like clearly which is a lot but like he'll be having a conversation with one person not thinking about that conversation and then it's instantly he's at band practice then instantly they're walking to the rocket like those moments flow so nicely uh they truncate what i imagine would be a lot of time very cleanly so the technical aspect and the look and the feel uh i've always enjoyed very much the other thing that sort of changed uh for me as i saw this because i mean i guess i saw this back when i was 28 uh, oh, we were so young. Um, <laughs> and I guess I was closer to the age 
of understanding what a man child did and was and how they acted. Yeah. Um, There's a tinge in this film of, if you look at it as a a standardized sort of like hero's journey functionality, right? It falls flat. Now, I was still in the in the place when I was 20 sort of looking at it in that in that regard and just sort of seeing like the fun poppiness and not seeing sort of the the problems of it when I was trying to put Scott Pilgrim the character in the trappings of a hero. Scott Pilgrim is not a hero. Scott Pilgrim is a piece of shit. Uh through and through. And the worst aspect of Scott Pilgrim the character is that he never makes a single decision until the end of the movie. There's a lot we can talk about when we get to the end of the movie, but he's always waiting for cues or prompts or someone else to tell him what to do, situationally, verbally, etc. And he goes through the entire movie, and that is a key reason why I think audiences find him unlikable, because he's not doing anything. Yeah. He's literally just rolling. Again, I'll say sort of the water slide thing from a negative perspective. He's literally just sliding through his life like nothing fucking matters. And that's a lot of a ways that, that, that a lot of young people, myself included back in the day, definitely acted uh, when I was young and my whole life was ahead of me. And I was, you know, I, I and if you can imagine, more self-centered than I am currently. <laughs> so, so this is always, so I always sort of look back at, the journey that Scott Pilgrim takes, and I don't think he becomes like a good person at the end. I think he finally makes a choice and also does at least as right as he can after all of the transgressions he's done. And then it doesn't end necessarily on a happy ending. It ends with the possibility of a happy ending. And that is something I think is very important. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I could, believe me, I could ramble a ton, and I will keep going if you want me to, but that's a general overall consensus, I think, why this film is so special to me. Um, and I am now ready uh, to do battle <laughs> with my two evil uh, co-hosts. Ixes. <laughs> I'm so, I don't know, Jim. I'm just so happy, like, I'm so delighted hearing you, how much you like it. Like, it makes me happy. Like, I like hearing you like it. And like Shahir said, it's like, I'm not in, like, I am not going to change my mind mode. Like, you know, like, I'm open because I, I'm I'm interested to hear your side of it because I, I always try to look for, like, the good. I always want to, like, find something to like about it. And I tried to do that. Um, <laughs> I feel there's a lot of butts coming Let's here. Let's do in it. This, in this I feel like I'm going gone. to. Jace, you should you should take us through yes. your journey of this movie. <laughs> My journey. Okay, so I think I might have said this earlier, but like first thirty minutes, I was I was in first thirty minutes. I was like, this is a fun movie, and I as soon as the first ex boyfriend popped on a screen, beginning of the first fight screen, I'm like, I'm out. Like I, I am Matthew Patel took you right Matthew out. Matthew Patel. Matthew Patel took me right out, and I stopped the movie right there, and I was like, "I'm going to bed. I'm not in the mood." <laughs> but just pirates are in this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is that is a big linchpin to lose someone in yep. the audience, right? They're yep. like. If that if that is the thing that loses you, you're not coming back from the you're not coming back to this. Well, movie. okay, so that was when did I mean when that was maybe 
five days ago. I Yeah, but Jess was contractually obligated to do the podcast, <laughs> so she had to go back to the I, movie. I then had to go back to it, and I tried the next night, and I was like, still not in the mood. And then I went back, <laughs> and then I gave it a night off, and then it got to last night, and I was like, I have to watch it. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I have to. You're, you're like me trying to read a book that I'm not enjoying, right? Like, that's what this is like for you. Well, it would be if we had the only podcast about books. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, co- comparatively, she's doing what I do when I... She's like, I gotta, I gotta go back I in. I gotta do it. I gotta but do she's it. she's doing it for us. So I felt... It was so... I think I, like, had a huge reaction whenever you said it felt like the equivalent to cinematic... Oh, it's cinematic water slide. And I don't disagree, <laughs> but to me. <laughs> you just wanted to get off that slide. <laughs> it's a long slide. But to me, I felt like I felt like the first 30 minutes are it's like I'm like, okay, this is a this is this could be a fun movie. Um I thought that Kieran uh Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran. Yeah. Kieran Culkin, yeah. yeah. And Anna Kendrick, I thought that their back and forth is really funny. Um and then the last hour and a half felt like watching one long fever dream TikTok video. Like, interesting. I, I I agree. Like it's so seamless, but it's seamless. But it's almost it was too much. It was like overstimulation for me. And again, this could be quarantine just talking. And I can <laughs> see this in a different place in my life and have better like have like a better reaction, but. I just, I also have been using the phrase, this feels like a fever dream a lot lately. And so. <laughs> I was going to say, that should be the poster quote for this movie. Yes. A fever, what, what were your words? A fever dream. TikTok. Of TikTok. <laughs> it, but with a budget, with an $85 million budget. $85 million budget. And then look, what did they bring in the first week? Like 10 mil? Something yeah, like that. It was rough. Not, it, it was really, yeah, it, it was really rough. Um, I felt so. It's about to get weird. Speaking of Beaver Dreams, because I spent okay, the last thirty minutes before we started in my mind equating this to cinematic Gogurt. Interesting. <laughs> which is the worst of all of our childhood snacks. <laughs> in that. In that. Is yogurt the worst? It's yogurt on the go. No one, of course you. <laughs> I look. I'm not. I'm not standing gogurt. All right, but I'm saying like it's not like it's not like disgusting. It's, it's yogurt in a tube. It's sweet mayonnaise. It's so gross. It's like again, not seeing the problem. <laughs> okay, here's the. Okay, this also. I mean, this this fits like because I feel like the audience for gogurt is probably also the audience for Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> um in that okay i because it, it and it came up it was it was it was in the news because they're now making it vegan and so it was like on my mind <laughs> they're making vegan gogurt vegan gogurt yes. <laughs> so i was just like how is it how is this because i obviously have heard of this movie and in my mind like i didn't know that it was a box office bomb but it's like here's this hugely like high profile prolific thing but it's also but it's it, it almost feels like a lie. It's like it's like a synthetic like hit because it's like they both are very high profile but have no audience. Like if you you're talking about Gogurt and Go-Gurt Scott Pilgrim and Scott Pilgrim <laughs> and like if you like Gogurt, like write into the podcast and like let us know. But I have yet to meet someone <laughs> other than Matt that thinks it's delicious. 
whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, Scott Pilgrim is delicious. Gogurt is passable. I don't think I don't think your Gogurt analogy latches on. Uh, but that's fine. The, Did you just the, come for me? I don't. By the way, again, like my analogy oh, no. about the continental U.S. versus the entire U.S., I've never had Gogurt, so I don't know what. Gogurt Have you is. had yogurt? I have had yogurt. Okay, picture that, but in like a freeze pop tube. Okay, so is it frozen? No, no, it's refrigerated, but it's like in a plastic Stop. tube. I'm doing the hand motions so the people on the podcast <laughs> yeah, can a, see. This does not look appetizing. And then you, you squeeze it in. You squeeze it in your mouth. It's, it's like go. It's supposed to be because again, it's in the name. The it's dirty gogurt. part of my brain really just fired off right yeah. there. Gogurt, like we can't. So you can take the yogurt with you it's on yo- the go. And we again, were, I don't it, give a shit about gogurt. We were we were told like looking back at your your childhood, you are supposed to think that everyone had and enjoyed gogurt, but like. Who, We've wised up. What school did you go to? <laughs> you mean everybody had? How, and, and, and you, and, How is it so? And you saying, and you saying that everyone t- told you that you were supposed to enjoy Scott Pilgrim? I just felt like it was like one of because it was a because like critically, I think it was a hit, and because I went to school for film and mm-hmm. it, it, well, granted, this came out after, but it's like still like being in yeah. um, in that yeah. circle. I, yeah, it's like. And and being a professional in the industry, I think it it is like admired by a lot of like really like high profile people. Like I know that like Quentin Tarantino like co signed it, and there were a lot of people that kind of like spoke out and gave it like really good ratings. And I think that you can even find like really contrasting um, views where there's like really high profile um, platforms that have given it like some really kind words. And that tends to make people think that it's better than it is. Better than Gogurt. Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, these are the two poster quotes from Jess Tucker. Yep. It is a fever dream of TikTok <laughs> movies. Yep. TikTok episodes. Yep. And it's not better than Gogurt. No, I think it's equivalent Gogurt. to Gogurt. Or it is Gogurt. It's cinematic, it is Gogurt. The it's Gogurt cinematic of movies. Gogurt. Cinematic Gogurt. Cinematic Gogurt. Put it on the box. <laughs> I actually <laughs> wrote... I. I wrote that. It's cinematic. <laughs> the cinematic Gogurt. The <laughs> cinematic version of Gogurt. It is in her notebook with her very clean handwriting. Um, Shahir, uh, let's go for let's go two for two. Let's see how this goes. How do you feel about Scott Pilgrim, my friend? Okay, so I saw Scott Pilgrim at the theaters in 2010. Um, uh, here's what I would say uh, right off the bat. To, to backing off your point, there's no person on earth that could ever deny that Edgar Wright is a genius. Like Edgar Wright is a, is a genius. He is without you know like this movie is so um, uh, unequivocally cr- constructed. There's such a level of craftsmanship on display here. Every moment is considered. Every element is considered, and every moment is musically aligned, like rhythmically, in a way that makes this movie like just um, you know easy to watch. It's 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 so easy to watch and so beautifully put together um you watch it and you go the tragedy of edgar wright not doing ant-man is never more evident than watching this movie like the tragedy of edgar wright not being um the you know the biggest you know the, the most famous director on the planet at this moment is never more evident than you when watching this movie in terms of his directorial capacity mm-hmm. like his ability you know like it is a fusion of Jackie Chan, Charlie Chaplin, and and you know, and obviously um, British rye comedy. You know, like yeah. just like that. That's so it's so beautifully put together, and such a 
it's he makes it look effortless and me and i you know as a filmmaker watching this go this is not this is it's so challenging to do one setup like mm-hmm. like like he does in the fight scene uh and he does 20 of them in the space of 10 seconds you know like he's just firing on all cylinders that's mm-hmm. it i do not care for this film yeah i do like i i really just do not i i, I in 2010 when i watched it i said that movie is six ex boyfriend uh, six ex uh, exes too long. It's it's just the structure of it just just threw me off right away. I was just like I'm I'm not engaging with anything past Chris Pine's character. Um, uh, you know, Chris like, Pine's the, the character, six, uh, uh, Chris um, Evans, Captain America. There you go, Evans. Chris, Get your Chris's Chris right Evans here. Character. Yeah, yeah, the Chris's. <laughs> Uh, you know, the second, the second, uh, X, I was just kind of like, oh, cool. We got five more of these to go. You know, I was literally going, yeah, there's, there's just going to be more of this. And, um, and, and I, and I've watched it. This is the third time I've watched it. The second time I watched it, I was like, maybe I can get past that and just see what's going on here, whether I really, really am engaging in this or not. And it was this time that really crystallized it for me, which is why I, I don't care for this film. And despite thinking it is, you know, as, as a piece of, constructed art it is on a level of genius um i don't care for it because i really do not care about scott and ramona in the slightest i don't care about them ever getting together i don't care about them uh, i don't i don't have any investment in the stakes of their relationship um i like knives marginally more Mm -hmm. and i i I know that in the original brian uh, leo mallory um uh, comic book that that the idea was that potentially he goes uh, uh, Scott goes back to knives and like that's fine. Uh, not, I, no, I, not in the book. That that was an alternate ending. They shot for the film. Alternate ending to the film. Yeah. But I but I could not care. Uh, I I couldn't care any less about these two characters. I don't know why they're together. I don't know why he's fighting these people. I don't know why he should fight these people. I don't know why she has any interest in him. There's nothing here for me. So I, and I really I. The interesting I thing really is, have tried with this yeah. film. I've tried because because I do think it really is beautifully made, and I and there is a tragedy to the fact that it is not uh, that it, that it did bomb. And you know, like one of the stories that comes out about you know most films that bomb is that you know like there's certain cases where films bomb and the cast and crew kind of disown it because it bombed. Yeah. And this has not happened with this film. Everyone loves this film. Everyone knows that this is a good um, you know like like the production proud was good. Of this movie. Yeah, everyone's very, very proud of this movie, and they should be. Yeah. Um, but but I do not care for Hot it. take. Uh, Hot take. Yeah. I agree with most everything you said. I don't give a shit about Scott and Ramona. I yeah. don't. And and no, but, but here's the but here's the, the one problem with that is for me, is that past past the, the second fight, then everything because I don't care. Everything is just is just washing over me, and I'm just, and and literally the first time I watched it, I was like, I'm just waiting for this to be mm-hmm. over at this point. I, it's it's visually delightful, and and I and I can watch individual scenes and go, man, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. That's you know, such incredible work here. Best you know, again, Edgar Wright not doing a big action movie is a tragedy. Sure, but but every time I watch it, I go, I'm just waiting for this to be done. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean. Oh, sorry, Jess. No, I I agree. I if that didn't come out clear in what I was saying, like I think you articulated it really well. Like professionally in the creative execution, it's brilliant. It's really, it's really, really, really well done. But I I just felt like it was disproportionate between like that and the story. Yeah, 
And, I, and, and, and the problem is, is, is ultimately, this is a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's ultimately, it's, it's, its final form is a romantic comedy or, you know, romance is part of this. Um, you know, the, the love life of Scott is important to this. It's an action musical. I, I think more than anything, it's a romantic comedy. And um, it, it, for me, it doesn't work on those terms. Like I just, yeah. I, I have zero interest. Again, in I think the label might together. be the problem. Uh, and it's interesting because I think I view this film again. I, I enjoy watching many of the characters, though I do not care where they end up. It's a very different style of story for me to engage in. Uh, I was never like, oh, Scott, will he, will he get with Ramona or Knives? I don't give a shit. What I'm more interested in is we start this film with a, a completely unlikable shell of a human being. Literally, and, and this is done through the numer- numerology of this film. Of course, the seven evil exes all have their numbers all throughout the thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. subtle things everywhere, and I, I have a whole list of people want it. But the interesting thing that I, I didn't catch on to until maybe two or three years ago was that Scott is literally represented throughout the film as Zero. He is boyfriend Zero. He is a literal nobody. He is a proto-human being. He does not – he is not a, a, a functioning – barely functioning child and a definitely not a functioning adult. All of his iconography, he's wearing the Zero shirt from Smashing Pumpkins. He's drinking Coke Zero. There's a ton of sort of like little things. He is a shell of what a human should be. And as he goes through, if you look at this from a very straightforward like, oh, there's this girl he likes and now he has to fight her exes because like that's a neat idea. Like, yeah, I, I get it. Like that doesn't land. But there's a lot of things for me particularly that like you start seeing and it, it actually ties into – um Scott earned the power of self-respect sort of thing at the end because he's slowly, as he's fighting Ramona's evil exes, which were led in the baseline, like shoved in your face narrative of, oh, to be with Ramona, he's got to beat her exes. He's got, because like the history comes back to get you, whatever, yada, yada, yada. He is slowly becoming a more capable person. He doesn't beat any of the exes in any of the same way. The first one is straight up violence. Matthew Patel, he he headbutts or whatever. He uh he he punches. He KOs with a punch. Uh, he outsmarts Lucas Lee. He downright deceives um Todd Ingram, uh <laughs> Brendan Routh, uh, who's I think my favorite of them. No no. Uh, is that, but isn't that isn't what he does to Brandon Routh kind of similar to what he does to uh Chris Evans, Lucas Lee? He out talks uh Lucas Lee, and he out acts and out thinks uh Todd Ingram. Uh, the it, it, anyway, sorry. So like, there's different aspects of him sort of building up who he is as he's doing this, and he definitely falters. And I do want to get to once we're sort of through the top of like where I think it does. Um, can I ask you a question? Though? Yeah, sure. Why do you think Ramona's interested in him? I don't know. I don't. And here's neither, the other thing. Here's like, the other literally, thing. neither do I. Well, no, I watch I, it and I go. There's a theory. There's a theory <laughs> that I'm not sure if I 100% prescribe to, but a lot of people uh, posit it. Is that the reason Scott and Ramona are attracted to one another? It's because there's a, there's a phrase. Okay, it doesn't matter if getting into a relationship that you have baggage. You just need to be sure that your baggage matches. Meaning, uh, you know, the the double entendre being like luggage, if it matches, like it can go together, that sort of thing. Scott and Ramona, Scott and Ramona are both broken in similar ways. 
And because of that, and I don't know if I 100% prescribe to this, but it does sort of play out. That is why they sort of are, uh, their worlds are put together and they are attracted toward one another. Again, I don't think particularly, I mean, she's very dry in the entire thing. She starts to like, I guess you'd say vis- not visibly, but like structurally care about him mm-hmm. and and he to her. But you don't really like there's no like like the, 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 the minimal kissing or romance scenes. I'm not like, ooh, this is so like they're really in love. Like mm-hmm. that's not again. I feel like they're almost like um like a tulpa or like a or a, just a, a an iconography of a certain situation as you're moving through and trying to deal with the past of a person that you're trying to date. Uh Jace, Jace, can I ask, were you interested in whether Ramona, did you believe Ramona and Scott were interested in each other? Or did you, you know, how did you feel about them coming together? Because that is kind of the crux of the movie, right? I, I agree. I think it's the crux of the movie. I was not interested. I just wasn't. I felt like in the beginning, he... I feel like Aubrey Plaza's character, I wrote down a quote, she told him, she kind of like put him painted a picture of him she said he's a total lady killer wannabe jerky jerk yeah um and so he's sort of stalking ramona in the beginning which like Mm -hmm. that you're already off to a rough start but like if you're if you're going about it in the stalking manner he like plans for her to come over and deliver an amazon package and so it's not there's nothing there's no organic entrance for this relationship from the get-go so it's already off into a rough start and I think that for me, like, didn't make me want to, like, be on board in the beginning. So I was just kind of like, wait, but then it, it, waiting for a moment and, to care. And then it propels forward in a sort of unusual way, which is that, like, yeah, like you say, I was sort of watching it going, huh, he seems really annoying. And I don't think like, like, I'm all about, I'm, I'm totally fine with characters who aren't, you know, like good people or anti-heroes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm saying for her to be... Like the the scene after she kind of he introduces himself to her, yeah. they end up you know they end up back at her house you know drinking tea and then with her shirt off and then in bed and I was like, this is really odd because I don't I don't see it I don't see why at all this would be going in this direction un- unless she's just you know having a fling like but the next but the scene after that they're suddenly talking about dating and like that, their relationship that's not true being that's not the scene after that well, there's like no, two boyfriends the scene between, on the bus there's two boyfriends the scene on the that. bus after the patel fight she's like yeah if you're gonna be dating me you're gonna have to fight my seven uh, you know evil exes i was like really at this stage what, what? There was, yeah there's there was just no moment for me to like latch on there was there was yeah. nothing it was just all just moving very nonsensically like i yeah, and you're right. It's like all of a sudden, it's like all. How did you get from from this early infatuation to that deep into it that he would like even care to sign on to fight her exes? And also, like, why are you dealing with her past so intensely? And yeah, well, because intr- intrinsically, yeah. Ramona is running from her past. She left New York or the U.S. I forget which city. Um, she's York, trying yeah. to actively get away from Gideon. And look, I'm, I'll air some of my uh, sexy laundry, dirty laundry, however you want to put it from this movie. But like, there's been times in my life where I have just gotten out of a relationship and left and gone to a different group of people or a different thing. And I have done this thing. I've done what Ramona's done. I've, I've, I've hooked up with a person that and dated for a while that is not for me. And like, I don't really have a thing, but it's nice at the time. 
And again, I, that's why I sort of uh, espouse the, I don't think Scott and Ramona are like soulmates. I think that's a, a, a terribly awful read. I don't think that's what this film's trying to do at all. And that's why I think it doesn't work because it's not meant to. I think, but, but from Ramona's perspective, if we're talking about like why she's doing what she's doing, the entire way through, it's kind of like, and, and maybe, look, maybe I'm the only person that has these sort of moments in our lives. I think it starts for her when just trying to get away from Gideon and sort of getting into something else because that's what Ramona always does. She has seven evil exes. She just kept going through people and not kind of working on herself. Like there's there's a reason why the, the, that all these people are together. Then about maybe like halfway through, two thirds through the movie, uh, right before Gideon gets back, you start to see a little bit of a turn to maybe she's caring or maybe she's just invested in the actual uh, thing that she's she's trying to escape what she's trying to escape through another mutual investment. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's a bit, of course, at the end, I think, where um, I think the chip on the head is a real shitbox shortcut. And I understand why they did it, but it's sloppy as hell. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, again, so this real quick pause. The 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 books, I think what, uh, there's six volumes in the manga. One through three was out. Four and five were being written while the film was being made, and then six came out after the film was out. Uh, I don't know what Brian Lee O'Malley's original story was. I don't know how that sort of played out, but I think he learned some lessons from the film and how it ended. Um, because the book's ending is, a, I mean, again, you have much more time, and this is not making excuses for it. I still think the movie works intrinsically. I just say uh, uh, the 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 stuff that doesn't work for me, the chip, uh, a couple other things are all like these shortcuts they take. Because actually, Shahir, to your point, the the structure of this film is fucking weird. And it doesn't work for... If you're not on this water slide, uh, you might have gone down the sand slide instead. Because like to have seven touch points of a thing, like active touch points, even though it's kind of six because the Katianagi twins is one fight, um, that can definitely derail you if you are not already on board with either the visuals, the construction, the music, or the underlying uh, emotional pinnings of, again, I don't think the specific characters, I think they're representations. I don't particularly like any of the main characters terribly much. Uh, I think, actually, they're all kind of, some of them are fun to watch, but most of them are bad people, maybe sans knives. The, the, the thing I want to get into here is the distinction between metaphor versus meaning. And what I mean here is is not what you metaphor here. Talk, yeah, I want to talk about the metaphor here. Let's just get into the metaphor for a minute here. So the metaphor is fighting your exes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's fighting the baggage that you're coming with um, in a relationship. You know, like um, fighting your exes about, is a uh, metaphor for yeah for um, dealing with the past of other people, right? Like how do you how do you negotiate the past of other people? That is a and um, my thing is here is 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 twofold. One is I don't know why, uh, like I'm not, for, for, as, as we kind of identified, I'm, I'm not invested in why he should be dealing with that at this point in the relationship. You know, it's just like they literally just met. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is the actualization through the metaphor never plays for me, which is like, I don't ever, I don't through the process of going through these seven people, like understand Ramona any better or understand what it is she's dealing with or understand, or actually even know her any better in this film like 
the the only thing I get out like 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 the Katiaya Quinn is like that was just a thing that she had. You know, like most of them they talk about being like she dated this person in grade school and it was kind of this moment in her life. And then, you know, so like I, I don't I don't know why Scott has to do go through this in order to understand her better because I don't understand her better through this. It's not about understanding oh. her better. When what what is the purpose yeah. of the seven eight? Why why is he the avatar in which she's coping? Like why isn't she it, the movie just about her? Like why isn't they she are, just they are they are they are in it, it sort of both? Um, how do I put it? They are the yin to each other's yang in a certain way. Again, not that they are soulmates and from a romantic perspective that they are meant to be together. Scott is building himself as a person, and the lattice work he has decided to do, which, again, I would argue is unhealthy, is dealing with uh, how he's going to deal with the uh, past of a girl that he wants to date. Ramona is literally running most of her entire life. Again, there's no long uh, explanation or enough time sort of put with that, but you get it from the small bits that she says throughout, and she is trying to... She's dating Scott, I feel like, to do, like, in the beginning, just as another escape mechanism, and then either, and you could read it either way, like I sort of said, she actually starts to like him for some reason, or she's just going through the motions again. Because even at the very end, like, she leaves, and then he catches up to her, and again, there's no happy ending because you know that this is not, based on everything you've learned, even with Scott as a whole person, we don't know if that person is good. Hell, <laughs> literally the negative version of him seems like an okay guy. So that would mean that he's a piece of shit. Like there's still, there's a lot of different things to be taken from that. Um, I just find that, that, that it's not so much, I, I never latched on to the like, the will they, won't they. I guess that's the thing. It's interesting, Shir, you bring up the rom-com. I never thought of this as a rom-com. Hmm. Uh I thought of it as a, as a as a fight musical, uh, and yes, is there romance in it? But yes. Do you is care there... about the stakes of the fight musical? Like, do you care about why they're fighting? I'm more interested in in the the reconstruction of of Scott. I think because he, I've never seen a film where they literally throw the main character at you and he is nothing. Like, hmm. it's so strange. And and look, I I want to. As we're going through all of this, I don't think anything either of you have is said is wrong. I think there is a high price and a high barrier to entry to get into this and to find the meaning that you or find something meaningful in this film that it's representing that is meaningful for someone's life. That is a lot of different things. The, the act structure doesn't do anyone any favors. The um, the video game trope and aesthetic you either like it or you don't, and the frenetic pacing of it. Look, you could that could easily throw you off off track. Here's the thing: is I like all three of those things except for the act structure. I really like the video game identity. I really like. Sure, I'm what the, I'm the saying is I'm it. not saying you have to like all of them or you have to like a few of them or none of them. I'm saying there are multiple points where this movie can buck you, and yeah, and, and, and I can't fault anybody for being bucked. What I'm saying is when those things do synergize then I find an incredible amount of enjoyment trying to find the meaning throughout that story. Uh, and it is not, just like its act structure, just like its look and visual pacing and feel, a normal film or story or structure. So that's sort of where I land and why I sort of continue to be engaged with it. I think I, I stuck with it long enough because of all those side things that worked for me. 
And then that's why I've been like, oh, okay, well, let's think about this deeper and figure out ways where, yeah, even though this is problematic. Jess, you bring up a great, you bring up a great thing. He fucking stalks her in the beginning, and that's bullshit. Like, it's a hundred percent trash. The also, side note, the treatment of 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 Roxy and Roxy's weakness, also trash. <laughs> like there are problems with this film that, that don't even get started on the whole dating a 17-year-old. There's a lot going on there. Uh, there, are, there are problems with this film, and we can talk about those too. But I don't think the overall meaning and what it's trying to do, or at least what I gleaned from it, is the problem. So what is the oh, – no, Jace, I, I'm sorry. I, I felt like you were about to say something. I, okay, I have two things. Okay, so I feel like I wrote down comedy. I feel I wrote down action, comedy, romance. And I feel like comedy because I feel like there's a tragic element to comedies in which the reason that they're funny is because the character doesn't grow. The character always stays the same. And that's why we laugh at them is because they just get stuck in like this pattern of like doing the same stupid stuff over and over again. And I feel like that makes by that theory, like that to me makes this more more of a comedy um and i just feel like overall it's like a flawed premise like you don't in what world do you which i don't know in what world do you have to go to that extreme to deal with someone else's past it's like it's like that's really ramona's past is ramona's issue and like yes to a certain degree that is going to affect whoever you're getting into a relationship with. But it's not really, I just, I can't get on board with that. I just can't, I just can't buy in. An interesting thing on that note, you know, the, the premise, you said it's a flawed premise. When I sort of think of that, I now turn to, well, it's sort of that buy-in or not buy-in. I don't think the premise itself is flawed, just like I don't think every time someone bursts into song in a musical, the f- the premise is flawed. Like, I understand what's happening. Like, it, I understand the framework in which I'm looking at it. And yes, if... if, I, I if hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know, right? I'm getting there. Yeah. Uh, if you... If you... Sorry, you threw me off. I'm trying to get back on track. If you look at, say the the straight up oh to be with this person you have to fight their exes that's fucking stupid like of course that's dumb just like when um you're singing about the love of your family or nazis invading etc and the sound of music and you start doing musical numbers that's ridiculous just like elevating Mm. yes just like elevating it to fighting in this film is ridiculous you listen I, I, straight up. Just sorry, sorry if I'm speaking for you here, but I don't think that's what you're no. saying is at all, is it? No. No. Okay, then please, uh, please I'm reiterate. Talking, I'm not talking about the framework and the theatrics or anything yeah. like that. I okay. just like yeah. as on a human level, like what you would base this off of to create a story is that's not a real thing for anyone to to enter into a relationship with someone else and then have to go that far into the backlog of their life and make good. Like that is up. That is you as an individual, your duty to come into a relationship with yourself cleaned up, ready for someone else. That's not someone else's problem to go and uh, unravel everything so that 
they can work through it in a weird way to help you work through it whenever you didn't really ask for help in the first place. It's sure. very like in like, real so, life, a hundred percent. So Jess, for example, to, to fix the premise in this. So the premise that, that I think Jess, again, I'm sorry if I'm taking words in your mouth here, but like you're, you're not against the idea of fighting your evil exes. Just as you wouldn't be as in the sound of music, people breaking into song. No. It's not the the mechanic has nothing to do with right. it. Right. It's the meaning behind the actions that this film decides to place those mechanics within. Yes. So it's not it's not the idea that in the sound of music you would break into song when the Nazis are coming. It's that you understand why they're afraid of the Nazis and they break into song. In this case, I think with I'm with you on this, which is that I don't understand why Scott is fighting the exes. I don't understand and it's not the it's not the mechanic it's not the you know, it's not the theatrics it's not the beautiful fighting i think that all that stuff looks amazing um what it is is i don't get why thematically he has to do that i think to fix the premise that you're talking about in the way you're discussing it is that scott pilgrim would have to fight the boyfriends of his exes or something like that or he would have to fight his demons and that would make sense it for the film, have, not Ramona's DM. Yeah, like right? fight your own respective issues. It's not... Because at the end of the film, yeah, yeah, sorry. At the end of the film, when he says, you've earned self-respect, and I was like, but then he continues to fight Gideon. I was like, what What has happened here? Like, what? what why are you continuing this, this, this thing that you have decided has nothing to do with it? Because well, Gideon is it, now mistreating it, people that he's come to care about. But That's it's basically like, where that ends. The minute he dates someone else, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Fight everyone? Like, that's... There's no real solve by the end. If he were dealing with his own issues, there would be real growth by the, by the end of this string of battles. But because you're... Like, you can't... You can't give yourself over to everyone just like that like what are you, you, you going to do for the rest of your life like just like take on everyone's stuff i think and, there's a key moment uh, there's a key moment right at the gideon fight which is you're again you're 100 percent correct especially when looking at things in real life relationship situations the first time he fights gideon at the end of this film gideon's like let me get this straight you want to fight me for her and he says yes and he goes, why do you want to do that? And he says, because I love her. Then they fight and he loses because that's not the fucking moral of the story. He comes back after he feels like he learned something. And again, this is all very quick in the style of what this film is doing, whether or not it connects or not. I'm just telling you what I've gleaned from it. Then when he comes back and he says, let me get this straight. You want to fight me for her? And he says, no. And he's like, huh? And he goes, I want to fight you for me. It's the first time in the entire movie that Scott makes a fucking choice that he made. But what it's is not, choi- what it's is the not choice? about Scott. It, it doesn't, this still doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, it, it's so disempowering to Ramona. I feel like yeah. <laughs> it's like, why, why are we, why do we care? Like why? And this, yeah, why? this is that question of meaning versus metaphor here, right? Like, like what, what is the, what is the meaning of this metaphor in this film? I mean, there's a, you could you could do the few. If you're doing it from Scott's perspective, it's him building it up. If you're doing it from Ramona's perspective. Building up what? Building himself as a human. I've talked about this before. But, but, but why does he need to do that? Because he's literally Ramona's a man-child doing absolutely nothing and but, fucking off and dating a high schooler. Like, he's just literally being a piece of shit. That- Okay, let me put it to you like this. Like, if I were if I, I were having issues and I needed to grow up and I said, Matt, you look like a good person for me to come over and, and completely invade your life and clean up my own energy. 
and you i just like asserted myself into your into your existence like that and then now my problems aren't really fixed because i've only been focusing on your problems and so now what am i going to do i'm just going to move on to someone else and do the exact same wash cycle this is so this is unhealthy relationships that's literally what this entire thing is is unwatchable like why technically you watched it it took three times but you did it um no again it's it's hard to do because at least i've i've heard i've heard these all of these things before and again it doesn't it i i was about to say i'm sorry that you don't find the enjoyment in it but i'm not like it's okay to not enjoy stuff like i get it like and there are there are legitimate things that i brought up that i'm always like ugh. but and and also this also kind of tells me and i'm actually happy to do this because i care about you both it sounds like you've all you've both had very healthy relationships in your life, which is a wonderful thing. And I don't want to, uh, and, and that doesn't mean also that you can't look at a piece of art if it's doing its job entirely correctly to work for you outside of your own wheelhouse. I'm saying maybe, maybe I can latch on to this in different ways because. I think my my personal history might be more fucked up than yours. But I but I but I can watch another movie that that isn't that doesn't um I don't see my own life in but still you know be brought yes. to tears, be brought to emotions, really feel it, really forget that I'm watching a movie and be drawn in. And at the end of the day, maybe I walk away with like a real takeaway and some real reflection reflection on my life, even though I didn't see myself in any characters or anyone I know. I don't think that that's it. It's the fact that it's just like the flawed premise is that you you can't is why would you ever like assert yourself into someone else's reality? And or, it's or, not healthy. No. Or, Why no, would you? Or, or even if that was the even if that is the flawed premise that the movie the movie doesn't really comment on that being a flawed premise. Like he eventually Scott and Ramona walk away together through the door holding hands. Yes. And the problem the problem look to me it, it does come down to I don't learn anything about Ramona through this process. And I don't learn anything about why Scott should be with Ramona. Moreover, I don't learn anything about why Ramona would want to be with Scott through this premise. And so them walking through the the door hand in hand at the end just makes me go, huh, okay. Ramona, Um, (laughs) again, their their growth cycles are so spat at the end. Scott has become a human being that actually respects himself enough to actually give a shit and try. Ramona has been running from shit for her most of her adult life relationship wise and ran again. And then someone came back and now she's like, okay, I'll give it a shot again. I don't think that this is the, the, the highest form of relationship art that can work for everybody. Uh, Obviously it doesn't. Uh, What I'm saying is the premise might not function for either of you or many people, but this film, despite that for me, has been incredibly rich and also, and, and, and in a weird way, because normally one of two things happens. I'm either enamored with the technical aspect of a film or I'm sort of enamored with what the film is trying to say. And this film has offered me more chances to look back and sort of reiterate both of those things on multiple occasions before. I guess we've been chatting for a while, so this will be, I guess, my final thought. I'll let, I'll let you both uh, uh, take your, your final swings at the end. Uh this is a film that I was shocked. I, I'm I'm actually continually shocked that it doesn't stop working for me. 
everything that Jess Shahir you've listed out are things that should derail this entirely for me. Hundred percent, it doesn't. Don't know why. I know people that are in my camp, and I know people that are in your camp. And there's got to be something. And and I, I even in preparation for this, I st- I've watched a ton of like think pieces, both positive and negative. And all of them, I'm like, m- well, most all of them, I'm like, yep. But it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't change my love for the experiences I've had watching this movie. So I would suggest, I, I would suggest for everyone, and I, this will be a bold statement, watch Scott Pilgrim if you haven't. But if you're not contractually <laughs> obligated to be on a podcast like Jess was, if you watch it for the first 30 seconds and you don't like it, stop it. Be like Shahir with his books right now. Because you shouldn't keep engaging with things unless there's another end goal that you do not enjoy, especially in this time. So watch Scott Pilgrim, and then you be the judge. Email us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Shahir? Also, also you get a free uh, copy of The King of Staten Island. That is true. First one. (laughs) (laughs) Just first one. It's an an unusual one for me because I think this is... um, in the words of Dave Eggers, a heartbreaking work of staggering genius, but heartbreaking for not the reasons that I think um, it should be. It's heartbreaking because I think the career of Edgar Wright is astounding, and I think he's an astonishing filmmaker, and I think everything he makes is touched with uh, genius. He, he's, he's never let me down. Even I will say this. I think I have gotten diminishing returns from each of his films since Shaun of the Dead, but I've appreciated that his technical acumen has grown increasingly across those films but i it's for me Shaun of the dead is the one that still holds up and and oddly in in actual descending order his films have gotten less oh interesting uh, impactful for me uh right down to baby driver um but i think Shaun of the dead works beautifully because Shaun of the dead has a metaphor with meaning that is directly appropriate to what is happening in that film which is that it's a film about friendship that is that's exactly what Shaun of the dead is about it's a film about two best friends making their way through the world. And or it's about the selfish actions of one person killing literally everybody that they know. But, you know, different read. <laughs> and 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 the thing about uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world for me is I think, again, it, it, it's sort of, it, you don't often get it in this sort of package where the, the actual genius of production is on such a level that it hurts me to like to like just not engage with it because it's not like it's not like um it's not like transformers where you go man it's amazing that they made this thing but i don't care about it and it's okay because it's like yeah i can see someone making this thing right edgar wright does something that i don't think anybody else can do you know like i think ang lee tried to make a comic book movie with the hulk and you watch it you watch scott pilgrim go man i wish scott, uh, edgar wright had done that you know had done the hulk movie that ang lee made you know i wish scott uh, edgar wright had done the ant-man movie i wish edgar wright made a lot of movies you know um so it's not often the case that you watch it and go man that guy is so good he's just so good at what he does but i do not care about this like I, in the slightest and and the film that i came back to and i think you know the the nathan rabian uh the, the film critic wrote the term the manic Pax, uh, manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. and and that term has been tossed around a lot and i think scott pilgrim has been put into that mix oh, quite yeah. and, and and for me scott pilgrim as it stands is the work that kind of exemplifies it the most, which is that, you know, she exists to reveal a a story for him. 
but she doesn't exist. She doesn't actually like outside of the confines of this movie. I don't think she actually exists. Like, I don't think that she's hmm. a real person. Like, I think she's just uh, uh, a cipher for Scott. And, and I don't think she's like, and, and when I watch it, I get no read on it. And I don't think it's her, like the, the performances fault or anything like that. I just think there's nothing there. And, um, you know, I think about uh, a sort of com- comparable film in 2004 where, you know, again, heavy on the metaphor, and that's Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Heavy on the metaphor, you know, like a really elaborate uh, plot mechanic in order to, in order to like disseminate how this relationship works. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens in that film, for example, which even leans into the Manic Pixie Dream Girl kind of thing as well, yeah. is that you, through the metaphor, you get a clearer understanding about why these two people are together. And you get a clear, and the metaphor is never working against these two people, against the central story. It's working for the central story. It's it's enhancing that. And in the case of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, I think the metaphor, you know, the actual mechanic of the metaphor is astonishing. It's beautiful. It's incredible. You know, every all day, every day. That's 100% but I, true, yeah. But I think it's 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 a... To me, watching it, I watch it and go, man, this is great for 10 minutes. And then I'm done with this because there is no more there for me. You know what might have, and before, right before you finish off, Jess, something that actually came to me that might be the reason why I'm okay with this, like why, why it all works for me together. It's something that we didn't actually talk about at all this entire thing because we've been, we've been slowly um, uh, having a base battle. Um, is the comedy. Like Eternal Sunshine is not a funny movie. Eternal Sunshine is a, is a is a very deep and and rough drama. But again, manic pixie dream girl tendencies, heavy on the metaphor, etc. Um, this movie I find ninety eight percent of it fucking hilarious. I think the pacing and the jokes and the the script work is phenomenal. And I think that that might be at least for me the glue that makes all of these other things function. Jess, I'm going to let you take the final word here. I just want to jump in here with like a little bit of psychoanalysis. Do it. Oh, I love it. Which is that at the, start of, this, at the start of this, you mentioned that uh, I have a tendency, you know, like you, you didn't understand why I would read a book even if I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Right. And what you've just said is you may agree that you don't think this worked, but it's fun enough for you in order to keep going with it and you keep enjoying it, my, right? Like my, the I'm comedy works I, agree, I agree with the pleasure the fact, centers of your body kind of are working for this. I agree with the, the idea. I understand how someone could not engage with this. What I was trying to posit with my bringing up the comedy again was, oh, maybe this is another reason why I latch on. I right. latch and, on. And, so, and, it, and I think the thing is there is the distinction between you and me in terms of what we find fun. Like for- I, I, I like, know, like fun. No, <laughs> I think you use that you use that phrase to mean things that you like, but not necessarily, you know. And then when I say something I I like to do, you do, if you don't understand it, you you qualify it as not being. That fun, is technically right? the 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 deconstruction of the of the jest. Yes. No, no, it's not. It's the de- it's the deconstruction of how you approach things, not the deconstruction of what the word means. No, but just the joke, and, the, and, the the thing I do. Yes, the running gag. I understand. Yeah, and so what I'm saying, what I'm going to suggest here is that you've kind of in this in this conversation have established that you see the things that we're talking about, right? And how it doesn't, the metaphor doesn't line up for us. I see how you could not latch on to this film's scaffold and look for a deep metaphor in it. I see how you could be uninterested in it because it does not do the things that you've all described. Right. But for you, 
you latch onto the scaffold because of the comedy, because of the mechanics, because of the construction of how it's made. The one thing I haven't heard is, I mean, I, I think you sort of said this with the idea that it's about Scott building himself up again. That's one is read. That, that I, that's, that's one read that I like. Meaning? But is that the deeper meaning for you? It's one of them. That's the other thing that I like about this movie. Like, I, I, I constantly watch it and question it and keep finding things. That's the one that I like currently. I think that's a really okay. good... Th this time I was watching through and I was like, okay. I, I had read that before and I'd never really seen it. And now for whatever reason where I'm at in my life, I was like, oh, that that's a, that's a solid read. Again, there are other issues. But yeah, let's go with sure. Okay, and and I think that's that's the way you're reading the film, Jis. I'm curious how take us you home. come out of this. Yeah. <laughs> take you home. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like Shahir, you brought up an interesting point about Ramona like not being not feeling like a real person because it's like there if if I I agree because it's like there's part of me that wants to like be annoyed on her behalf or like wish that her dignity was like more present but at the same time it's just like i just i, I can't i don't care enough because she doesn't feel real um i i don't know it's just like i feel like it's not i don't know i just feel like it's like very disempowering of that character and and yet again like if i if i could if i did care i would be like quite offended like on behalf of as a lady just that sure. she i don't understand like again like why she just like can't deal like with her own stuff and he can't deal with his own stuff and they can't come together as two healthy people um but i feel like again like it was well done i've never seen any of edgar of edgar wright's other films and so oh. um which i think is probably a tragedy because you know i know that there's some good ones but yeah, I just cinematic gogurt. <laughs> nom nom nom. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what gogurt is. I'm gonna. I have to send to. you. You don't to your to. secure mansion. Uh, actually, I don't. It's not gogurt. So that's again. It's funny. I'm trying to defend gogurt because it's this weird thing. I don't give a shit about gogurt. I don't agree with the analogy. You uh, <laughs> at, off the bat seemed to like gogurt. You seem to be you seem to be defending Gogurt, but I also think you're in. I like yogurt. I, I like yogurt. I like being on the go. Those things should go together. Okay, they're fine. Gogurt's fine. I'm not. I'm not coming after Gogurt. Um. Anyway, this is interesting because I feel like I got spicy for the first time. You did. Listen, I'm not normally spicy. No, this is good. This is very good. Uh, <laughs> so real quick, I'm, I'll say all the thank yous. This has been the only podcast about the film Scott Pilgrim. Jess, thank you so much for coming on and getting spicy. Um, yes. Actually, I, seriously, I, I hope that I didn't come off in this as too combative. No. Uh, no, no. I, I, I do enjoy talking about this film. I knew. I actually didn't know, Jess, where you would land on it. Uh, I gave it a solid 50-50. I, I did not quite know. Um, and Shahir, I, 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 this was more the where I thought we'd be, which is fine. <laughs> I think just right, right, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm where you thought I would be. No, no one surprised anyone here. No, nobody surprised anyone. I think the only thing is I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't get a clear read of what the thing is beyond the aesthetic beyond the aesthetic that you really love. I mean, you could go back and listen to the podcast if if you'd like. 
I, I, I heard what you said. I just, I don't, uh, I didn't. I, you didn't I, latch I was, onto my I was, premise? I was hoping you would change my mind. Uh, I, I'm sorry I couldn't. Maybe, you know what? On the 20 year anniversary, we'll come back. We'll all get together. Because <laughs> I, I want to love this movie. I really do. I do want to love this movie. I don't think I just, anything I could tell you would change your mind. I really do. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. Shahir, when you are not loving everything that's fun, where can folks <laughs> find you? Uh, you can find me uh, writing down the water slide of made of pure gogurt oh. on my website at <laughs> www.shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Matt, if you find that uh, image disgusting, uh, where could people find you I, throwing up? Are you kidding me? No, I, I'm going to jump right down that slide with you. We're going to go tandem. Uh, and, and it's not going to be a healthy thing that the FDA recommends over at my website, over at M-A-T-T-A-P-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z, or Emperor MSK on Instagram. Uh, also, please check out the good works we're doing over at Extra Credits. I believe by the time this comes out, we will have... Oh, we will have had our Witcher episode out, which will be very nice for extra mythology. We look at the uh, the the Polish and, and Slavic and Eastern European uh, roots of the Wild Hunt, and then we are continuing down our history track with the third century crisis of Rome, where there was a lot of emperors just killing each other over and over again. Um, Jess, where can folks find you in all of your um, your, your your spicy takes? Your how did you uh, what what how did you say in the beginning of this you, you were dealing with media? That I was, I was a testy girl. Testy girl. Where can people find you? Is it testy girl? Is it the Instagram at testy girl? <laughs> at testy girl movies. Yeah. That'll be my new bio. A testy girl. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Jessica A Tuck. There we go. Uh, well, what do we? What what's going on next week? Shahir, do we know? Oh, we actually, actually, for the first time in a little while, we have a lineup of guests who want to be on the show. And so we're trying to figure out, the, oh. figure out where those people are going to come in uh, and with some really interesting movies. I, I, I feel like we're going, to get, we're going to veer off from new releases for a little while and basically allow our guests to kind of like come in with movies I think that's that a good they move. want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think, that, which is not what we did to, for Jess. No. For Jess, we were like, Jess, watch this movie. <laughs> Jess, you've done this twice Jess, for me now. if you could come on... If you could come on the show to talk about anything that you just wanted to talk about, nothing, it doesn't have to mean you or anything, what is it you would want to talk about? Oh, like movie or TV show? Uh, well, let, let's narrow it down to movies because I mean, it's in the, in the title of our, it's in the title of our podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, well, because you said you were doing Witcher. Oh, no, sorry. That was on extra credits and that was about the game. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm so I'm like not a good person. Like if you were to ask me like my favorite of anything, like I always have like a really hard time. Um, but Matt knows like you know what I'm gonna say is my I, do. I, I have I have a strange Scott Pilgrim versus the world affection for the movie Underworld. Oh my goodness. Um, I have not seen Underworld. Have you not so seen the, Underworld? The, I have not seen Underworld. The roles would be reversed entirely here. Wow. Which is that I would be a first time viewer. Hey. One day we could do Underworld. I feel like I promised you that the first time you watched Lego Batman with us. Is Underworld a Paul Thomas Anderson joint? Yep. The uh, not the not the PT Anderson, but the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Is that is that who did Underworld in the entire Underworld franchise? It's Lynn Wiseman. Is is the oh, creator. it's Lynn Wiseman, the other one. Yeah. 
there's a there's there's a really funny bit on Comedy Bang Bang when someone plays Lynn Wiseman <laughs> as like a, a fetish director or something like that because of his Underworld movies oh and the leather God, pants. Hilarious. Yeah. I I don't know, but it's like it's one of those things where it's like I loved it back then, but like I I was telling Matt I just rewatched Twilight and I was like a big mm-hmm. Twilight person because I read all the books and you know I knew in 2009 watching it it wasn't good and I just tried to rewatch it because they put them all out again because there's a new book from the male's perspective that came out um recently whatever, like this month and it's what everyone I, was asking for well yeah exactly and i could like it was unwatchable it was so hard it was so i don't know and it just like took me back to like that time and i was just like yeah yeah it was bad wait the, the, the first twilight is, is directed by katherine hardwick isn't it? katherine hardwick and yeah. then she didn't direct any of the other ones and then other they ones, just yeah. kept upgrading directors and so they get better and better as you go and the last two were really good bill condon did did them yeah that's right no there's a there's a tragedy about well there's 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 a thing written about that which is that uh catherine hardwick directed twilight mm-hmm. and that thing made like hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. and she was not asked back to do the sequel yeah yeah uh which and she and she points to that being like a really unusual situation you know which would never happen to a male director yeah it also just wasn't it wasn't well done like it wasn't good like one? everyone as as a fan like everyone who loved the books they latched on to the movie because of course you did because it's the movie to it's the movie to this this book you adore but it was cringy then like it right. we all knew that it wasn't good you know and so, it's pretty people I, I, doing I, the thing. You like. I really like her first movie, uh, Thirteen. I I feel like I remember seeing scenes from uh, Underworld, um, not Underworld, from um, Twilight, and going, "Oh, this has got a weird energy to it," which reminded me of Thirteen. You know, her mm-hmm. first film, um, which had this sort of like uneasy tension about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, hold on tight, yeah, Spider and look, I feel like we're starting a discussion on Twilight. Sorry, is that where we're heading? Sorry, we're doing the Twilight trilogy <laughs> and Underworld. I think there's four movies in the Twilight movies. Is there? Oh, well, yeah, they broke the, the last, last two. Into, the last one's a two-parter. So no, the answer is no. Uh, <laughs> but how many Underworld? Oh no, there's movies four. There's four because it's Twilight, uh, New Moon, New Moon, yeah. Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, one, Breaking Dawn two. So there's oh, so five. there's five. There's five. Dang. And then oh, Underworld. There's like a hundred. How many Underworlds are there? There's three. How much work we got to do? Here? There's three. There's Underworld, Underworld, um, Evolution, and then there's a prequel. Uh. After that, for, oh my gosh! That seems like that seems like that seems doable. Uh, there's way <laughs> more than that, Jess. There's Underworld, Underworld Evolution, Underworld Rise of the Lycan, Underworld Endless War, Underworld Awakening, and Underworld Blood Wars. Okay, Awakening and Blood Wars will take, but the other two I don't consider. <laughs> They're not canon. They're not canon. They're not canon. <laughs> well, if you consider this canon, you can write us in and get get yourself those King of Staten Islands. There's just Otherwise, one. We'll see you later. Just, one. just get that one. Get that one. Get that King of Staten. King of Staten Island is worth watching. Agreed. We can all yeah. agree on that, right, Jess? <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Pete Davidson's gonna be emailing you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. We'll buy and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she ends it with a quote.